Sean, when I was younger, I was 16 years old, and I had sweet 16, never 16. been kissed. I had quite a position, you know. <laughs> I, had, I had I had quite a position, you know. I had about 240 people under me. Uh, you I, mowed the I'm, cemetery. I mowed the cemetery. <laughs> I, I did mow. I did I did have an electric lawnmower that I put in a, in a basket behind my 10-speed, and I rode all over. Well, I was about 14, 15, and 16, mm-hmm. all over Rio Rancho, New Mexico, and I would mow senior citizens' lawns. Oh, well, that's so special. And they would special. offer me tea and, 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 you know, cookies and things. And I, the main thing is they wanted me to visit with them, but good <laughs> that's, times. That's that was my nice. That was my vocational career that's now that I'm approaching nice. my something something decade. The only reason I knew the answer to that joke was because I had looked at, you know, oh, looked, you looked, looked up, up jokes, too, oh, too and so no. I saw that one. Yeah. Well, that's embarrassing. Cemetery joke. Cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah. Episode 94. 94. We're talking to you Nine. about cemeteries. Cemetery. Cemetery. And why are we talking about cemeteries? I think you and I have both have a fascination <laughs> with cemeteries. I always notice when I'm traveling on little side roads or uh, different areas of small towns across the nation, from New Mexico to Arkansas, I'll be driving along and I'll say inevitably, oh, look, there's a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Usually off the side of, right off the highway there. Mm-hmm. I notice the headstones. I notice if there's any cemetery roses. I like to look at plants and things along the way. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, I wonder why they're always next to the road. I guess that's a convenience issue for the hearse and yeah. the other si- yeah. situations. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, and I, I've i talked about cemeteries a lot, probably on here too and think on that other podcast I do every once in a while. That other faith. one, your faith, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. Noir. Uh, I've talked about it on there, but yeah, I I, I love visiting the cemetery, and there's uh, some wonderful cemetery poems out there, and so we're just going to delve into that. And mm-hmm. I've thought about it recently. I mean, you brought it up, but I had also just written a poem about being buried alive. Ooh. Okay. And uh, so that made me think about it, too. That sounds like a Benicio del Toro Cabinet of Curiosities episode. Yes. Do you know what that's huh. called when you have a fear of being bar- uh, buried alive? Mm, suffocation? <laughs> I don't know. Taf- that's awful. Taphophobia. Taphophobia. Yeah, because taphos is from the Greek meaning grave. So you have a fear of the grave well, or know- fear of being put in the grave while still alive. Okay. Well, you know a lot. So can you tell me, <laughs> am I right? In Victorian era, did they not put a tube in the in the in the coffin leading up to the air yes, in remember. case you happened to be alive right. when you were buried? Right. How creepy is that? Yeah. Because knowing my luck, someone would be walking along and pop a little cork in that tube, and, and I would be. It I'd is. Be it is creepy, but you know what? That was probably a very logical thing probably to log- do. Certainly. Because you know they didn't. They weren't always. Right about people being dead. How many episodes <laughs> back in the day of horror movies have you seen? Someone's laying in a casket and they're looked at, and then they go, oh, "They come alive and they're in, they're in a casket." Edgar Allerpo, Edgar Aller, 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 Edgar. He's a Southern boy, Edwin Aller. He was Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but yeah, they when they made some of his uh, stories into film, and yeah, I have those stuck in my head. Follow the House of Usher. And, mm-hmm. Well, the cask of Amontillado, you know, where the guy's walled up alive in the in the cellar. Actually, I mentioned it in this. Let me read this. Okay. This is, yes. this is okay. a short little poem I wrote about taphophobia. Those like me who had their childhoods beautifully marred by Vincent Price movies must remember the fear of being buried alive. 
House of Usher entombed, catatonic and thus presumed dead, walled into an amontillado wine cellar, with only a satanic laugh and the scent of sulfur and earthworms circling you. Wow. Those were the days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. do, do a satanic laugh for me, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and those who seek to get down without the thrill of getting down, must stand and face the hounds of hell or rot inside a corpsey shell. And though you fight to stay alive, I can't say anymore because I will be sued alive. <laughs> Now I got a best interest in breakdancing. Excuse me, folks. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> what you did to me. That was like. It just. I, I snapped. You became a monster I was over there. I was hypnotized. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, I grew up in the, the 60s and 70s, and that was a big deal. In fact, one time my uh, mom took us over to the theater in Pryor, just a few miles from here in uh, Locust Grove, where the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry is. And, and and dumped a, the four of us off at the theater, and it was a matinee. Dumped. <laughs> I like that word. Well, I'm sure did she you, had something to go she do. Did slow down? <laughs> Barely. Uh, I'm jump, sure, Kelly. Jump. <laughs> I'm sure she had something to do that she didn't want four kids with her. And uh, we, we went in, and it was some it was some matinee, and a horror matinee, and, and these, you know, buried alive type movies. And, yes, like I said in the poem, I was scarred for life or marred. Marred, scarred, marred. But beautifully marred. Beautifully marred. Because we love being scared. Yeah, there's something about being scared. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's part of the attraction of the cemetery, too. Mm-hmm. It is somewhat of a scary place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're attracted to that. And the fact that, you know, somewhere in the back of our brain, way back beyond the logical part, there's still something that thinks, something's going to come out of one of those graves and get me. Yeah. A ghost is going to pop up. Yeah, there's going to be a girl sitting on a tombstone, and I'm going to go over and talk to her, yeah, and I'm going to realize she is the one who's in that grave. It's like, was that something behind the tree I saw over there? <laughs> yes. Did something move under the cedar tree? There's always cedar trees in cemeteries. Cedar trees and cemeteries. Yeah, yeah. what right. is that over I, there? It's interesting. They, I see cedars and cemeteries. Maybe it's cedars. a paradox because cedar cedars are cedar trees. Cedars cedar. are evergreen. They're evergreen. So it's a paradox of the ever. And they seek water, so maybe they yeah. they find the, find the bodies. Yeah. Who knows? That's our intro. Mm. So uh, everyone's hello. scared to death now. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, sorry guys. Welcome everyone. Welcome to yeah. uh, Wacky Poem Live, yeah. where we usually take mm-hmm. a poem from the museum here, our brick and mortar museum in Little Town Locust Grove and talk about it, something that someone has written in here. And actually, we've had a few in here in just the last couple of days we'll probably use on future episodes. Yes, I'm going to have to right. point those out to you. Um, but today, but sometimes we just talk about a, a theme. Sometimes we ramble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we appreciate you being with us. Mm-hmm. And we talk poetic and, and, and we talk nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. that's what it's all about. We wax poetic and we wax on, wax off. Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that on the on the air? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh goodness. Cemetery. Cemetery. So my where, lover. <laughs> Sean, where might the word cemetery come from? Was that what you get ready to ask? Yes, me? I'm just curious whether you did any research. Or well, was... yes, I asked my lover the online okay. etymology dictionary about cemetery, and it is from the our good old buddy, the Proto-Indo-European root word k e i k, meaning to lie. 
and it also forms the words bed and couch from that original. So uh, to lie or a secondary sense is beloved or dear. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so a burial ground, a place where uh, where you lie, where the dead lie or lie down, and uh, like a couch, like a sleeping place, dormitory. Dormitory is a word that actually has the same root as cemetery. Oh my goodness, that's because they <laughs> packed those students in there. Yeah. You know? Well, sleeping place. Sleeping place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's the origin of cemetery. Right. Do you happen to have a favorite cemetery? You visited several. I've seen some really pretty ones, and I can't remember the names of yep. most of them, but mm. the one in um, somewhere up east, wherever it is, up that east, yeah. uh, Thoreau and Emerson okay. and Louisa Alcott, where they're buried, uh, that one. Would that be in Connecticut? Sleepy Hollow. I want to say it's called Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. That, well, that sounds a little right. scary. I expect <laughs> to see a headless hollow. horseman tried to. Drive me off that place. That one's really beautiful and unique. It is the whole thing is kind of on a hill, sounds, and you could hike around in there and get some really good exercise. It sounds like some, a New England, New Englandish yes. area. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's probably in Connecticut, mm-hmm. and I should have looked this up and I didn't. And the one where uh, Whitman's tomb is at too. That one's a really uh, neat cemetery in uh, Camden, mm-hmm. New Jersey. And his tomb, when we visited, my sisters and I visited that, and uh, he has a tomb, and then there's an iron gate um, in front of it, and uh, people had, like, thrown flowers behind the gate into, there was an entryway, mm-hmm. you know, in there, and, uh, oh, that's so cool, you know, we were looking at it, and I did a little video, and I thought, it'd be neat if I could just walk in there, and I kind of pushed that gate, and it opened. Opened, <laughs> which is very creepy in a cemetery yeah. kind of way. Yeah. yeah, and there wasn't anything, you know, in there, but you could kind of sort of walk in this little tomb-like area, and, yeah. Did you enter? Yes. I think, of course you did. <laughs> Why course, wouldn't you? Of course. You know? yes. It's Walt Whitman. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. Why would you not? Yeah. He, he invited you in, basically. Yeah. The little cemetery yeah. in Amherst where Emily Dickinson is buried, too, is, is very pretty. Yeah. Little, it's just a couple blocks from her yeah. home. I find the least attractive to me are the large suburban cemeteries. Like, there's one where my father is in, in Broken Arrow, and it's very large and manicured and... Uh, sterile in a way. It's got artifact, you know, the marble statues that are not very well carved. And forgive me, because my father's there. And and uh, you know, large large ponds and. and well, things. is it one of those where they don't even allow you to put a tombstone in? It's correct. Yeah. And and and, they, and you have to um you know invert the vase and there's there's rules and regulations for floral yeah. situations. Yeah. And, those are those are and there's incredibly a pla- boring. And where the baby where the young ones are is called Babyland. Oh no. And I thought no 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 no. no. <laughs> No. <laughs> Could we? Is you that know, wrong? I'm, I'm not one for euphemisms, but I think we should have come up with a euphemism for that one. Right. It's just <laughs> wrong. You know? No, it's not like a 1920s cartoon. I mean, I, it's, I actually, whenever I talk about people who've died, I say die. You know, a lot of people say passed on or passed mm-hmm. over, but I know they died. Let's just, let's mm-hmm. just say it. I think it's easier for children <laughs> when you say they, they died. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 Which is what, you know, I had to tell my grand girl when the, the kitty we loved mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. Well, he died. Mm-hmm. So right. we had our conversation and, about death. And that's a deep conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know, it comes up several times. You know, where did they go? Well, then that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Well, um, there is, so talking about cemeteries and um, ones that we like or don't like. I did go to one once in England. 
Um, but it wasn't a famous one. And there is a famous one in England called Stoke Poges. It's in Stoke Poges. That's the oh name of goodness. a town. Isn't, mm. that, isn't that so British? I love that. Stoke Poges. <laughs> I'd like to know how to stoke a poge. But I think that's very cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, there is a, a very famous poet named uh, Thomas Gray. And his most well-known poem is called Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard. Mm. And the supposition is that he wrote this uh, elegy in the, the churchyard of St. Giles, or Giles, in, um, in Stoke Poges, mm -hmm. where he lived. And it's, it's a beautiful, it's a long, beautiful poem. It's, you know, one of the best poems in the English language, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. 18th century, I think it was 1740s, 50s, something like that. You'll have to send me the link, Well, you know. I, it is long, but I did want to just do like the first two stanzas, yeah. and you can kind of get an idea okay. yes. of the, the beauty of it. Elegy written in a country churchyard, Thomas Gray. The curfew tolls the knell of parting day. The lowing herd winds slowly over the lee. The plowman homeward plods his weary way and leaves the world to darkness and to me. Now fades the glimmering landscape on the sight and all the air a solemn stillness holds, save where the beetle wheels his droning flight and drowsy tinklings lull the distant folds. You know Isn't that lovely? Cool. You, know, you know what's cool about that is yeah. this person sat and... Um, observed. Yes. Um, and that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just an observation of the surroundings, mm -hmm. just. Um, but obviously, uh, a master of rhythm and sound and, you know, assonance, the tolling and the knolls and the lowing herd slowly over the plow, all, you know, all, just yeah. the beauty of the, the sound of it. So, yes, if you've never read the whole poem, it's not terribly long, but it's, you know, several stanzas. Right. Uh, You're right. Go, go check it out, well, people. Do you find that even if a cemetery is off a, uh, a road, I find that when I walk out into a cemetery, it seems quiet. Yes. There seems to be a sense of quiet. Mm -hmm. It's almost like there's a dome, mm -hmm. a muffling yeah. over the place. Not necessarily spiritual, bad, whatever, but no. it's like, hmm. But you know, you know what I think some of that is, is what I mentioned earlier about there being cedar trees. Sometimes these little old cemeteries are surrounded, you know, by cedar trees. They have grown into the fence and everything. And I think they have a great muffling effect. They sort so of that's part screening of muffling. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Speaking of trees, there's a, a poem that epitomizes what I think of, of one of cemetery, cemeteries. May I read it? I never saw a poem as lovely as a tree. Yeah, as lovely as a tree. Yeah, but you don't like that poem. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Don't be jissing, dissing don't, Joyce Kilmer. Don't, no, I'm not. I can't speak I, today. I, I was telling you not to jiss. Well, let me put this Let me put this <laughs> glass a little bit out of reach from you. She who wears a shirt that says, I read dead people. I, okay. I know that was appropriate. Okay, right? now... About that one. You did too. I did so, not. I seriously be, that did must not. That must be subconscious. We're talking about people in cemeteries, and you wear a shirt that said, I read dead people. And seriously? it's like, then, then you feign ignorance and expect me to believe that. Uh uh. I've known you too long. Okay. So before you read what you're going to okay. read, this is an appropriate time because okay. you just mentioned t shirts. Okay. So I have right. a, a secret package here. Okay. And it's for you because <gasps> before gosh. we meet again, you're going to have a birthday. Okay. And so I wanted to to give you your birthday present during this I'm opening episode. This, I'm opening this gift, <laughs> and it's a T-shirt. I am. <laughs> I am Bill. Readers, there is a red red stain, like I've been shot, and there's a square that 
<laughs> and there's a there's a door with a, a padlock on it, and I have the key in my book, and it said, it says Master of Metaphor, which I am, by the way. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is brilliant. I'm and, wearing this tonight. Isn't that the softest I shirt? Love, too? That is wonderful. Yeah. You had this custom made. I did. And there's a there's also a, oh, and I also get to drink coffee. <laughs> With my bloodstained master of metaphor. <laughs> Can I ask what this red stain is? Is it like a shot? That's not a bloodstain. Oh, okay. That's a, a ink. Does it, ink. Oh, ink. Okay. Ink Th- does it not look like a bullet has hit this cup or something <laughs> like it's hit me? You know, I love okay. this. Okay. Well, I love because this. you're the master of metaphor. I am master you're, of that's metaphor. That's where you're going to go. I think I'm stuck on metaphor, and I need to, you need to work with me on this. But I, it is my, it is my forte. So thank you so, very much. Of course, happy birthday, Bill. Thank you. You know, yes. I'm going to be. But <laughs> if y'all are listening to us somewhere besides wackypoemlife.com, go over there because I'll take a picture of the oh shirt my goodness. so you can see Bill's yes. birthday present. And, and you can write a comment wishing him happy birthday. And if you want to, you know, or, or even ask the master of metaphor something, and he will, <laughs> he will help you out. I would like to know your opinion on this. Okay. It's called cemetery trees. They see everything, these cemetery trees. Sentinels of the silent, the elemental battle between granite and lichen. Basking lizards on headstones, black snake footpaths, a circular covey of quail settling down at sunset. Frisky white-faced calves on distant pasture hills ignore their mother's ball. The fox and the bobcat on silent feet pass concrete angels. Blackberries on barbed wire, squirrels and chipmunks on fence post thrones, the arrival of the ruby throat in spring and the departure of the indigo in September, the litha in June and the hiberna in December, the blood moon and the blazing sun. Branches shelter names and dates. Leaves rustle a lullaby. Roots and trunks and branches and limbs and leaves shelter life and offer shade and silence and secrets of those who sleep. They see everything, these cemetery trees. Oh, Mr. 21st Century Thomas Gray right here. Sitting, so, sitting across the table from me. Well, uh, the, do you know the, the author? <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> of course I... You just, you just proved my point. Of course it's I like, know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> do you know why I knew? I, the indigo. The indigo bunting and the hummingbird and uh, the, the fact that you are... Dun, 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 master, master of metaphor. metaphor. There's got to be a superpower. <laughs> These are all things I've obs- I've observed in the many, many, many years of going mm-hmm. to my fa- family cemetery in the hills of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But and seriously, I to... the reason why I said okay. 21st century Tom's great because you're doing the same thing. You're observing what is there. Right. Thank you. Sorry, I interrupted the, no, you. No, no, no. I saw similarity as well. I thought this is kind of similar to what mm-hmm. to what I and these words. Do you do this? They were tumbling around in my brain all week long, like 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 towels mm-hmm. in a, in, a, in a dryer. <laughs> and you think I need I, master I, I, of <clears throat> metaphor. <laughs> you know, it, it's a rare talent, folks. Let me tell you, it, it's a burden. It's a burden on my brain, but you know, I I I, I survive somehow. But no, I just thought, you know, I, I'm going to write. Uh, it's a about, burden like a tumor on your brain. Like a tumor on my life. It's not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, an ex- excellent poem, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, now it is time for a really bad joke. Mm. So. Segway. There was a clown and an eight-year-old boy, and they're walking through a cemetery late at night, and the boy becomes frightened, and he starts crying. I don't understand why you're scared, 
And what you're crying about, says the clown, I'm the one who has to walk back alone. And then Stephen King <laughs> stepped out from behind the tree and said, I'm writing all this down because I want to make a movie about this. <laughs> Isn't that an awful joke? Yes. That's awful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. Put a clown in a cemetery. Yeah. It ain't nothing good's going to no, happen. No, nothing funny about that. <laughs> yeah. So when you said, you know, how about doing an episode on cemeteries, I immediately thought about um, the fact that people used to picnic mm-hmm. in cemeteries. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we, I got to go to England a couple of times, and one time we went and we had this tour guide. It was his very first tour. He was just getting started, and he was just a wacky, unique guy, just perfect mm-hmm. for us. And he just took us to all these weird places, which is what we told him. We didn't want to go to the big tourist attractions. I mean, we went to a few, but he took us to strange places. And we had at least two picnics in cemeteries yeah. <laughs> during that week. Mm-hmm. And it was just, we thought it was a little odd. And then later I learned about, I mean, that used to be something that, that people did. Well, and still do. And yeah. in, in, yeah. in, in my community, or what I, not that I've ever done this, it's called dinner on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you spread a blanket and you sit among the, and I, I like it. I yeah. kind, of, I kind of, you know, like I said in Mexico, the Dia de los Muertos, and, and the way they would—it's a celebration. They sit and party and picnic with the, with their ancestors who, are dead. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that you know, embracing it is kind of a, uh, a good thing to do. Yeah, you know, it, it, it sort of destigmatizes it, makes children less afraid of it. Yeah, um, I see that reason. And then the the other thing, this was something I read about in an Atlas Obscura, article by Jonathan Kendall. And he said that in cities, that there wasn't, there weren't a lot of um, recreational areas, and so people would have their picnics in the local cemeteries because that was the place. You Probably know, because it was where you could do fairly well taken care of, mm-hmm. and it was a public place, and mm-hmm. many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it says he says in this article in Dayton, Ohio, for instance, Victorian era women wielded parasols as they promenaded through mass assemblages at Woodland Cemetery en route to luncheon on their family lots. <laughs> interesting. interesting. <laughs> well, you could go have lunch with your ancestors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, what what religions, or maybe do you know, that send their uh, loved ones out to sea and on fire, or you know, uh, there'll they'll, they'll be a funeral pyre? Well, I don't know. The Vikings did that. The Vikings did that, and mm-hmm. I think there are some Polynesian yeah, people that 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 mm-hmm. I think that is so enigmatic. That's great. I would love my mind to be like because that. I think you fertilize. Um, they I'm, wouldn't let us do that. Not to be graphic, <laughs> but I think you fertilize sea life eventually. Yeah, you know the, the occasional shark you know, <laughs> to be graphic, but uh, I find that so. As a child, I found that so interesting when I would see that in a movie. Um, the other thing that, from that article that I found interesting was that eating in cemeteries became a fad, as it was sometimes called, because the epidemics were raging uh, across the country. Yellow fever, cholera, and a lot of kids were passing away before they even turned 10 years old. Women you know, died in childbirth a lot more often, so death was a constant visitor for many families. So, uh, and quote, in cemeteries, people could talk and break bread with family and friends, both living and deceased, end quote. Interesting. Yeah. Just, you know, and if you, if you got tainted, had a sandwich, you'd bring a <laughs> shovel. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're right where we need to be, you know. 
Um, in his article, he said that cemetery picnics remained peripheral cultural staples in the early 20th century, but they waned in popularity by the 20s, and medical advancements made early death less common, and public parks were sprouting out around then, too, so you didn't have to picnic in the cemetery if you mm-hmm. didn't want to. The you had old, other places. You know, the, the, the artist in me and the older and, and, the, and the craftsman in me, I love old headstones. Oh, I, I, lo- I love the artwork and the and, and and the carving especially of old headstones whether it's a lamb or a sheep or a, a canthus leaf or uh, any any anything on there that's hand done is so interesting to me because they are works of art architectural mm-hmm. works of art mm-hmm. and i saw a lot of that in, in, in my trip home this week yeah. uh, a few weeks ago yeah. and some of the headstones are um, poetic most of them were aren't you know most of them were just um our darling, or, yeah. you know, gone but not forgotten, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, which is okay. But there, you occasionally get some poetry. Like my brother, my late brother, had a favorite headstone. It's somewhere in Colorado, somewhere, and it says, "Told you I was sick." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm serious. You know that has come up many times. Told you I was sick. Now do you take me seriously? There's a famous uh, uh, gravestone here in Oklahoma. It's actually in uh, Okima. And it is a, a woman who apparently had a real good sense of humor while she was living. And there's a parking meter that's attached to her tombstone. And, of course, the red expired. <laughs> your time. Little flag is on. Your time is up. Yeah. Come it, get your ticket. Yeah. It's a, a very visited grave. I think that's great. I may go visit Mr. Red's cemetery in Tahlequah. That's not very far from here. Tahlequah area, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, it's out in the country. Early Denner. recent. I don't. Uh, Roxanne's been there. He had yeah. to ask her how to get there. It's kind of mysterious. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. My favorite author has. I'm sure he's uh, in Trailwood up in Connecticut. But I would not. I would not want to visit him there at his at his hit tomb. I would want to go to the fields where he wrote. Yeah. That's where I would commune, yeah. commune with him, or you know, think about where he was writing, taking know. notes. You'd still like to go to the cemetery. I would. Too. You're right. I would. You're right. There's a really. Uh, oh, it was many years ago. My sisters and I we visited because we. We will often do that if we're on a sister trip, is stop at cemeteries. And we visited one that's in a rural Oklahoma in Kiowa. No, Kiowa. Yeah, I think that was the name of the town. No, Kyoto. And there's a fairly famous um, tombstone there, too, of a, of a woman who um, had an abortion, an illegal abortion, mm-hmm. way back in the day and died. That took her. And her parents put on the tombstone murdered by human wolves which is sometimes what abortionists were called way back in the day wolves oh a human wolf that is really yeah spine chilling yeah and we we actually had that was part of an episode we did on Oki Noir mm-hmm. actually one time okinoir.com go over there and you can find it well that would be that would be <laughs> human wolves would be a good episode of any sort of oh yeah tales of the crypt thing yeah but yeah. The, <laughs> What we did there, we took a bunch of pictures, and then I I kind of uh, was just being stupid, and I started rolling around, and Roxanne has all, all these pictures of me rolling around um, <clears throat> in a graveyard, which are, you know, thankfully she never published any of those. <laughs> but then we had this idea of we were we would like to sleep in that cemetery and see if a ghost would appear. And then we had this idea, let's do a sleeping bag cemetery tour. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to sleep, spend the night, in sleeping bags in all these cemeteries yeah. across the state. And of course, happened? we never did. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. 
You yeah, know? sleeping bag cemetery. Now turf. someone's going to type that idea, and and, and, and you know they're going to be like Ghost Hunter episode, sleeping cemeteries episode. But, you know, yeah, uh, very yeah. cool idea. I definitely could not sleep on a sleep in a sleeping bag on the ground nowadays. That's a little difficult. Yeah, that was, you, that even was a many cot's years hard ago. to get out of. You know, a few inches off the ground. <laughs> right. So we, you read your your beautiful poem, and I read a few about cemeteries and the observation of of the atmosphere of one Mm -hmm. there's another Mm -hmm. one by and this is just the first stanza by sylvia plath that might be one of her most well known and it's called the moon and the yew tree and it was when she was married uh, to to the poet ted hughes and they were living in england and he suggested that she write a poem about the view out their bedroom window and there was a cemetery mm-hmm. outside. And this is just the first stanza. It gives you an idea. This is the light of the mind, cold and planetary. The trees of the mind are black. The light is blue. The grasses unload their griefs on my feet as if I were God, prickling my ankles and murmuring of their humility. Fumy, spiritous mist inhabit this place, separated from my house by a row of headstones. I cannot, I simply cannot see where there is to get to. So this is interesting for her because, of course, she's describing the graveyard. Mm -hmm. But being Sylvia Plath, everything is still about her emotional life. (laughs) Yes. She can't quite get past her depression. Quite get past that hedgerow. Yes. You know. Yeah, yeah. And the depression that she lived with, and she, I, I mean, she. I don't know. I don't have a year for this. But I imagine she died not long after this. One. You know, and I'm not I'm not a Sylvia Plath. Um, you know, I'm not familiar. But was she asking for help? I think poem? she was always asking for always help. Always asking her for poems. help. Yeah. Okay. In, mm-hmm. in you know, in an indirect way. Yeah. And she sought help, and she sought treatment, and she was in analysis and did a lot of things, and it just yeah. doesn't work sometimes for some people. No. Yeah. It does not work. Yeah. That's true. The attraction. I think there's an attraction to death like we're talking about attractions to cemeteries well, too and and i and I, th- I think there's also a, a deep pit of depression that's really kind of like comfortable to some people um mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that they deserve it or whatever but they're comfortable in that at the bottom of that yeah. so uh yeah 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 we're, get, we're getting deep in these pits <laughs> deep in these pits in these graves there's definitely a restful darkness sometimes yeah restful darkness yes mm. I also have. read about cemeteries that many gravestones face the east and uh, that the east-west orientation is most common throughout the world. And early American settlers wanted their feet pointing east and their heads toward the west so they could rise up and face the sun of a new day. I see. Where they hoped to be, you know, mm-hmm. reborn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it would be interesting to study the, the, the Hindu... Um, Cemeteries, Buddhist, uh, Muslim. You know, we, we know a lot about the Christian mm-hmm. uh, and their symbolism, right? Bill, why is it foggy at cemeteries? Because some people just breathe heavily underground. <laughs> <laughs> it's Let because because the people um, there are missed. Are missed. Yeah. I missed them. Um, they're misty. <laughs> Play misty for me. Oh man, some are not. Some remiss, some remiss. Do you know why the skeleton couldn't get into the cemetery? Because he didn't have a key, skeleton key, um, 
key. Uh, he, he lost the key in his pocket that d- he wouldn't didn't fit. Didn't have. He didn't have a pocket. <laughs> didn't have anything. He didn't have a clue. Didn't have a brain. Didn't have a memory. Didn't have a throw right through his hand. Master of metaphors, having trouble, people. <laughs> You're so close in all those. He didn't have n- nobody to go with. I ain't got nobody. <laughs> nobody to go with my skeleton. But he had a skeleton. But there's nobody in that skeleton. Okay, that's a framework. I'll give you that. Correct. Is it a framework? A skeleton's a framework. A skeleton is a skeleton is a scaffolding for flesh and for flesh and organs to right. hang on. Yeah. Because when you think about body, you think about organs, don't you? Organs and muscles and skin and stuff like that. And without the skeleton, they just kind of all fall out. This is true. It's a limp bag of mushy flesh and organs. We're getting graphic, aren't we? Uh, A little boy and his father were walking in a cemetery, and they came across this grave that said, Here lies a lawyer and a good man. And the boy said to the father, Dad, why did they bury two men in one grave? (laughs) <laughs> That's a joke for all you lawyers out there. <laughs> you scum sucking lawyers. Oh. Okay, I think we've I think we've done the cemetery. You know, I wonder if any of our readers have any favorite cemetery poems they'd like to send us. Well, you know, we can always, we can ask. always ask. Nobody ever answers. No one answers. <laughs> we, we can send out the SOS. Hello, hello. We can send out anybody the SOS. out there? <laughs> Is there anybody out there? Just, just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone at home? All right, stop now. Stop. I'm going to get sued by Pink Floyd. <laughs> and how about um, ABBA? So it, when you send an SOS, darling, send an SOS. Hmm. Yeah, people can always comment. You can send us emails to wackypoemlife at gmail.com. You can go to Wacky Poem Life, our website, and uh, add comments down at the bottom uh, underneath the episodes or, you know, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, like us on Facebook. You can petition Marvel for yeah. a new superhero, you know, Mr. <laughs> Metaphor, uh, Captain Metaphor. Right. You know. And please Please wish Bill a happy birthday. Yeah. You know, I hope I have many more, but, yeah. you know, here we go again. All right. Yeah. Thank you all for being with us. Yeah. Spread the words always. Bye, guys. Don't a dog, hey. Let's get hot. That was steamy. <laughs> My glasses are fogging. <laughs> <laughs>